Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast. My name is Tim and I will be your host. The goal of this podcast is to take you through my journey of getting sober, how I've overcome the difficult challenges that I've faced along the way, and how I've gone from a life of simply just being sober to a life where I'm both sober and happy. In this episode, I want to discuss the topic of rock bottom and whether it is necessary to hit your rock bottom to stay sober. Many people think they have to have a great event that qualifies as a rock bottom to get and stay sober. They think they need something like getting a DUI, losing a job, having a spouse leave them, getting evicted, or having a car repossessed. Maybe it's something even more serious like a lengthy jail or prison sentence or losing their kids. All of these things are very good reasons to take a look at your drug and alcohol problem. But if these alone were sufficient reasons for people to get and stay sober, no one would relapse afterward. Yet you hear story after story of people having what appears to be great reasons to quit drinking or using and picking up again knowing the consequences. When I went to rehab and then into 12-step programs, there's a lot of focus on needing to hit rock bottom. The book of Alcoholics Anonymous even says that most people won't do the work necessary unless they have hit rock bottom and if they think they have not, to even suggest they go drink some more until they were thoroughly convinced. I would sit in meetings and question whether I hit my own rock bottom that was sufficient enough to stay sober. I'd hear people tell stories about drinking that progressed much further than mine and I'd wonder, did I quit too early? Do I need more pain to stop for good? People would talk about getting five DUIs and I would think, but I only got one. Is that enough? Then people would ask me what my rock bottom was and what finally made me stop drinking. And I'd have to tell them, I honestly don't remember. You see, my story is a little different than many others on how I ended up getting sober. Let me give you a little backstory on what led up to the evening that I agreed to go into rehab. I was on the tail end of a three-year bender. Not a got sober, relapsed, and went three years before sobering up again bender. I drank every waking moment for three years straight. The only job I could hold down was a morning bartending gig that allowed me to drink as much as possible while I served people who also drank in the morning. My daily goal for each day was to get as drunk as possible before my shift was up and make enough tip money for a bottle, two packs of cigarettes, and gas to make it back to the bar the next day. If I didn't reach that goal, I begged, borrowed, and stole to get my daily fix. I had spent those three years couch hopping, and I could tell I was getting really close to wearing out my welcome where I was staying at. I had completely burned my life to the ground, yet I had no plans to get sober. I would go between the thought that any moment I could get motivated to going back to working full-time and turning everything around to conceding to the certainty that I would die drunk and that moment wasn't too far off. One evening, my roommate knocked on my bedroom door, waking me up out of a drunken stupor, and told me my mom was there to take me to dinner. I didn't remember talking to her about going to dinner, but I lived in a constant state of blackouts, so this was not an uncommon occurrence for me. I never liked admitting to not remembering things like this, so I did as I normally do in this kind of situation and just went with the flow. I started to stand up and realized I was still hammered, so I sat back down, lit a cigarette, slowly got dressed, took a hit off the bottle, and headed out to my mom's car. 
I don't remember much of the drive to the restaurant, ordering the food, or what we talked about until my mom looked at me and started talking to me about going to rehab. I was not a mean drunk, but this was a topic that could easily set me off. I had the attitude that my drinking was not hurting anyone but me, and that how much I drank was my business, and other people need to mind their own business around this. I would make sure these conversations were unpleasant enough to the other person that they would likely never bring it up again. I thought my mom would know better than to suggest rehab to me. My anger level started rising and my mind started racing. I knew she had been going to Al-Anon. Maybe the people there were telling her to put me in rehab. I kept thinking about why she would be listening to them instead of her own son. Didn't she know how much this would upset me? I felt betrayed. I wasn't saying anything, but my anger kept growing and I excused myself to go to the restroom. I was in the bathroom thinking about the conversation I was going to have with my mom when I got back to the table. I was going to make sure she understood that I did not appreciate her pushing rehab on me and also make sure that it was very clear we were not going to have this talk again. I splashed a little water on my face and got ready to walk out of the restroom and my phone buzzed. I was waiting to hear back from a friend, so I paused to check my messages. Right below his text, I see the last text from my mom that said, I'm so proud of you. I'll pick you up later. Curious now, I opened our text conversation and saw the text from me telling her I wanted to try to quit drinking and if she would help me find a rehab that I would go. My heart absolutely stopped. I imagined my mom sitting out in that table in the middle of the restaurant thinking all her prayers had been answered and realized I was moments away from breaking her heart once again, this time in front of a restaurant full of strangers. The lie that I've been telling myself for years that my drinking was only hurting me dissolved at that moment and for the first time I had complete clarity on the person I had become. Memories of all the things I had done over the years flooded me, and for a moment I felt just a small sliver of the pain she had felt all those years. I couldn't believe that she had continued to stand by me through all this. I knew I didn't deserve it, and with this new clarity, I finally saw with my own eyes what unconditional love was. I walked out of that restroom as a completely different person. I didn't know if I was going to be able to quit drinking, but I knew I was ready to try. I sat down at that table and said, Okay, Mom, let's talk about rehabs. As she sat there smiling and looking at me with a sense of pride in her eyes that I hadn't seen in a long time, I couldn't help but think about how close I was to us having a completely different conversation at that moment. I sent that text to my mom during a blackout. I don't know what my mindset was at that moment. I will never know what caused me to finally ask for help. For a long time, I wondered whether I had had a sufficient rock bottom when I can't even remember what it was. Then I finally realized that it doesn't matter and saw the flaws around the idea that we need to have an event so tragic that it causes us to never want to drink again. The problem with the rock bottom idea is that an alcoholic or addict's rock bottoms are never solid. The only true rock bottom is death. They are more like muddy bottoms because no matter how low we go, we could always dig more. Think back to all the things when you said, if I ever do this, I am done. I had a long list of those type of things that gradually got more serious. Drinking in the morning, driving drunk, getting a DUI, ruining a relationship, getting fired from a job, 
getting my truck repossessed, getting evicted, getting arrested and charged with a serious offense. I could rattle off a long list of things I said I would never do. Yet every time I drew a line in the sand and crossed it, I just drew another line further out. Some events in my life were enough to step back and in the moment say, okay, that's it. And there was even a few times I decided to quit drinking, but the furthest I ever got was 30 days. Every time, I eventually picked up the shovel and started digging again. Searching for a rock bottoms, I think, is a lot like digging an actual hole. If you ever dug a hole, you've probably experienced a moment like this. I remember digging some holes in my backyard for some tomato plants. Everything was going smoothly with the first few holes, but on the third one, after the first few shovelfuls of dirt, I heard the dreaded sound of the metal shovel hitting rock. Clank! My first thought was, that's it. I can't put a tomato plant in this spot as I put the shovel down. But after a few minutes, my thoughts started shifting. I really want to plant it here, and I really haven't even looked to see how big that rock is yet. Maybe it isn't that bad. So I picked the shovel back up and started scraping the mud off the rock. It was pretty big, but I figured I should give it a try. After a little bit of work, I was finally able to wedge the rock out of the ground. When you remove a large rock out of the ground, it leaves a big void where the rock used to be. I remember thinking, wow, that actually saved me a lot of digging. After I moved that first rock, any other rocks I came across didn't seem as bad, and eventually I didn't even pause when I heard the sound of a shovel hitting a rock. I knew how to wedge them out now, so I just got right to it. I realized this wasn't much different than hitting rock bottoms before I got sober. When I hit the first one, I thought, that's it, I'm done. Then I went back to explore a little more. I even found I could just wedge that rock out of the ground and keep digging. I convinced myself later it was worth it because I saved digging time by the void left in the ground after removing the rock. But those voids were the people in my life that wanted to help me that I pushed away. Once they were gone, it was easier to keep digging. And with each rock I removed from the ground, the next one seemed more manageable no matter how large it was. I just kept digging. All people are different. Some people hit that first rock bottom and say, nope, digging is not for me. Some people will rent a jackhammer and absolutely destroy every rock they come across, no matter how large it is. I think the one commonality is at some point, we simply get exhausted from digging. Mine came from finally seeing the person I had become. It was a moment of clarity that finally anchored my why to wanting to quit drinking. I wanted to quit breaking my mom's heart. I think that moment is more powerful than any event I would classify as a rock bottom. That is the reason I believe finding your why is more important than trying to achieve a rock bottom sufficient enough to quit drinking. If you're struggling with discovering your why, I talk about it in episode 2 of this podcast and I suggest you go back and listen to it. There's an old saying that the quickest way to get out of a hole is to stop digging. If you're struggling to get or stay sober and like me have that next, if I ever do this, that will be it, lying drawn in the sand, I would suggest pausing for a minute, turning around, and looking at all the lines in the sand you have already stepped over. All the, I will never do this, convictions that you have set for yourself. All the, if this ever happens, promises that you have broken. And all the voids you have left in the ground from the rocks you have hit, removed, and kept digging. I would suggest writing them down. It has more impact when we take them out of our heads and put them on paper. 
and makes it harder to justify it. Think how you felt when you crossed each line, how you promised never to do it again, and how certain you were that the next line you drew was the one you'd never cross. Now think about how you will feel if you cross that next line. With all the evidence on paper of the previous lines you have crossed, can you be certain that you won't step over the next one? Is that the person you want to be? Are you the person you want to be today? If the answer is no, then why not put the shovel down and stop digging? You don't have to hit that next rock bottom. You have all the evidence you need just by looking back. The fact that you're listening to this podcast is enough evidence that you want to change. You just need to find a sufficient why to want to quit digging. Focus your effort on doing that instead of digging in search of a rock that you hope will be big enough. I read a quote that said, An empty kiddie pool and an empty Olympic diving pool both have bottoms. The difference is how far you will fall and how much damage will be done when you jump. You don't have to wait until the fall is big enough to completely break you. I know you want to be better. I know you can be better. And it all starts by putting down the shovel and deciding to start building a foundation instead of digging a hole. You can do this. You are worth it. Once again, if you haven't listened to the episode on discovering your why, go back and listen to episode two and start discovering the person you want to be, and more importantly, the person you're absolutely capable of becoming. I hope you have found this episode helpful. If you did, please share it with someone else that you think it may help. I'm doing this because I know a lot of people are struggling in their recovery, and I want to help as many people as I can, and that is only possible with your help. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please also like, subscribe, and leave me a review. When you do that, it helps my podcast become more accessible to others so that more people could join us on this amazing journey. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep living sober and happy.